welcome to the MNA Healthcare Insights Podcast. Transactional truths for those who care. Welcome everyone to the first official episode of the MA Healthcare Insights Podcast. My name is Mark Thomas. I'll be your host. And I'm joined by one of my co-founders, Andre Uyoa. He's also an executive advisor with us. And then we also have a special guest joining us, and I'll do a brief intro for him here in a minute. But before we jump into the bulk of this episode, I wanted to provide a brief overview of what this podcast will really be as we've conceptualized it over the past few months. We found that as we're having internal conversations, whether it be with a previous seller, like the guest we're having today, whether it's our assessment of the market, whether it's conversing with buyers, there's very helpful insights that we're coming across that we'd love to share with our viewers, with our network. And we found that podcasts are one of the best ways to distribute that information. So here we are launching this first official podcast of m and Healthcare Advisors. A few things that we'll be covering throughout the next few months and years as this continues on. Uh, we're going to be covering transactional resources. We're going to be bringing experts in that operate in those fields, whether it's CPAs, whether it's transactional attorneys, whether it's compliance. Uh, we're going to be bringing in those experts to highlight things that should be advocated for and watched out for in a transaction. Uh, we're going to be highlighting any news that is relevant within the industry, especially within the past few weeks or months. We're going to be sharing real-time process insights based on the transactions we're currently involved in with our, our clients, whether that's on a consulting basis or as a sell-side representative. And then really one of the, the main functions of this podcast is to highlight the realities of what it looks like to go through a transaction, uh, which is why we're again bringing this, this guest on today. So Andre, any comments on that? Otherwise, we can jump right into the conversation with, with our guest, Darren. Mark, as you said, it's it's really just about providing information in a market that doesn't have as much media attention, it, lower middle market healthcare transactions, and uh, hope that we are presenting useful and uh, engaging content. Great. Well said. So today we have a special guest by the name of Darren Lee. Darren is actually a former client of ours. Andre was the, the lead representative on the transaction I assisted him, and as a brief bit of background, he's a graduate of the UMKC School of Pharmacy. He owned and operated a specialty pharmacy named Apex, and uh, welcome, Darren Lee. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it, man. Of course. So, Darren, um, just as a bit of context, since viewers may not have a particular understanding of what you did specifically, um, can you give us a, a background on what led you to start Apex? And where were you located? What were your main services? Could you walk us through that? Yeah, sure. I mean, so, I mean, I was uh, I was working in a retail pharmacy uh, for about 18 years. I worked there for five years as a, well, as a pharmacy student, worked there for another seven years as a pharmacist after I graduated. And in 2007, I, I had the opportunity to buy that pharmacy. So from 2007 to 2010, I was mainly just you know, uh, owner of a small retail pharmacy. We started picking up some a lot of HIV patients. So we were serving a, um, a population of maybe 200, 250 HIV patients. And after doing that for a couple of years, uh, we uh, just kind of maybe serendipitously stumbled across uh, the opportunity to serve some patients uh, with other specialty medications. Um, yeah, maybe medications like hum that people will be familiar with, like Humerit and Brilliant. I see a lot of commercials for that. But basically, 
high high cost medications that required lots of uh, high touch or uh, lots of red tape uh, as far as like getting those medications to the patient um, in, a, in a timely manner. So in 2012, we kind of um, decided to add add that service to our uh, specialty pharmacy, which was doing HIV things. And it quickly outgrew our HIV pharmacy and uh, hence uh, Apex was born. So from late 2012 to 2013, we, we started... Um, those, those referrals from the specialty sources, the rheumatologist, the gastroenterologist, the dermatologist, kind of started coming in where I grew our HIV pharmacy. So we felt the need to uh, kind of have a pharmacy that dedicated its its services to those uh, providers, to those patients, and hence Apex was, was born. So really that was what, and still what Apex still does, was we're basically a specialty pharmacy that, you know, serves um, the the patients of uh, provider, rheumatologists, dermatologists, gastroenterologists for a lot of inflammatory disease states. Makes sense. Thanks for, for that brief history. And then the actual transaction or, or transition took place in 2021. That's that's correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so roughly 10 years of owning and operating uh, Apex. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Um, that's the yeah, we were We were around for right about 10 years before the uh, okay. market. And so as a, as a business owner and operator, what were your biggest challenges and why did you ultimately, what led you to a sale? Uh, the thing that led us to a sale was just um, our, mainly our size. Um, mm-hmm. The specialty drug market was becoming more and more vertically integrated. And in other words, the insurance or the payers uh, all owned their own specialty pharmacies. And it's, it's real easy for them to direct either for them to steer those referrals, those claims to their own specialty pharmacy, whether it be directly steering them because of third-party limitations or indirectly steering them there uh, due to low reimbursement. So um, the more and more the specialty pharmacy world became vertically integrated, the harder and harder it was to compete as an independent pharmacy that wasn't associated with a uh, an insur- a big player like an insurance, like one of the insurance companies. Uh, for that reason, it worked. I knew there was still value to Apex in the marketplace. It wasn't time to to wave the white flag, but it was certainly going to work out in Apex's best interest if we had the more resources, someone with um, the ability to help us uh, compete with some of the, the the bigger players in the in the arena. Makes sense. So the sale process was actually an avenue for you to connect with someone that could provide those resources and to elevate to the next level. That's exactly right. Yeah, they um, basically allowed us to do to keep doing what we're doing, but also give us the opportunity to, to do more, um, more services, to reach more providers, um, to better market our products, and you know, continue to compete with those with those um, big insurance owned uh, specialty pharmacies. Yeah, and we actually, Andre, you can probably speak to this as well, but we, we come across a lot of sellers, many of which who want to retire and exit healthcare for a variety of reasons. But Darren's the perfect example of someone who's looking to continue with the business, see it grow and flourish further. And bringing in a capital partner like the, the acquirer here was actually that next step in the process. Yeah, I think when we talk about transactions and what we talked about for years, the the relationship that 
uh, Darren and I had and his uh, partner, Adam, was built over uh, many years. And it was about, you know, here are the challenges we're facing in this market and who can go out there and allow us to do what we love to do in pharmacy. Uh, These are sophisticated operators, but who can come in and be accretive in terms of giving us the bandwidth to do what we do. And then let's grow the business. Uh, But let's do that with, uh, with those resources that can, um, can sort of make this a little bit of an easier process uh, because uh, definitely in pharmacy, but in healthcare in general, you see uh, a lot of complexities from a regulatory standpoint, from a billing standpoint, reconciliations, uh, payables, receivables, all of that is so complex. And it really takes you away from what you were trained to do, which is run a pharmacy or run a business and uh, manage your people. And then ultimately, uh, it, it had it, it takes you away from the patient, which is, you know, something that you care about as an operator. Um, so I mean, that, that that's me just sort of talking about it from a circumstantial standpoint. But, you know, Darren, when you looked at the acquirer in this, what were you what were you looking for? I mean, outside of enterprise value and, you know, identifying what the, the transaction was, you know, what you felt the business was worth. Outside of that, what were you looking for, you know, in this acquire that was coming in? Continuity for my employees was a big was a big one. Um, I had sold, uh, I had owned and operated and sold a, a, a smaller retail pharmacy to a big chain like CVS or Walgreens, and in that transaction, you know, they basically just bought the files and we shut the door the next day, and and I didn't like the feeling at all of having to like tell my employees that hey, in two weeks. You know, the doors are, are shutting. So let me help you find someplace else to work, but you're no longer going to be able to work for me. So uh, when it came time to do, to, to, when we were looking for someone uh, to to acquire us, that was one of my biggest goals was to find someone that would keep on keeping on. Uh, someone that, like, it's different for me now because, you know, obviously I have a boss I had to work, look up to and report to, but all the other employees that uh, were below me are still below me. And... I think they were probably worried in the beginning of what's, what's this change going to be like. But, you know, the ultimate goal was to make their jobs the same today as it was a year ago. And for the most part, uh, that's exactly what's happening is that the businesses kept it's, the, the continuity has been there. Everyone's uh, job descriptions are still exactly the same. They do the exact same job uh, from nine to five that they used to do a year ago. And it's really helps. um really helps with productivity and employee morale. So, so that was, that was probably my number one goal other than, you know, you know, you know capturing the value of the business that we created. I, I really wanted to make things, uh, I wanted to make it a positive experience for the, uh, for the employees as well. Makes sense. So as we focus on that, that transition, because you actually continued on with, with the company, which may not be uh, every client's case of ours, um, were there things that you wish you had better prepared for? No, I mean, maybe, not really. I felt like um, Andre's guidance through the whole process kind of, you know, set set things up in the right in the right motion, where I don't really have too uh, too many regrets about about the process. I felt like Andre guided us through the whole process pretty seamlessly and very very knowledgeably. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that. It's easy to do it when you got a a great client. Uh, I have to say. 
uh, you and Adam were, were fantastic. And, and I think that part of when we present these businesses, it's front loading the work in terms of the transaction. Okay. Let's really understand what this business is all about. Did you find what was, you know, when we talked and you're by nature, um, very open and transparent. Um, but one of the things that we talked about initially was let's tell them about everything, right? And they're already going to know about the wonky aspects of this market, right. uh, but we have to tell them everything about the business. Um, do you find that there were there were things in that time in the process where you were like, oh, I wish, you know, you know, I wish we could have done this differently, or I wish I could have, uh, in you know, given you know, had the business in a certain, you know, stage where I could be presenting them with a different reality, uh, you know, but because I think a lot of it was, you know, in that transparency, you're trying to, to say, look, this is a great business. Um, but, you know, these are initiatives we just haven't been able to get off the, off the ground yet. I think the, the key there was, the key word there was transparency. I mean, I, I think that, that would have, it would have been a really, the process would have been much, much harder had we tried to be you know, not so transparent or not so open about the all aspects of our business. So I think honesty and transparency was probably the best practice, the best thing we did as far as like finding someone who truly valued our business for what it was and what and what they thought it could be. So, I mean, I thought you did a good job of preparing us for that. I mean, because I. I'd only sold one other pharmacy up to this point, and that was just a you know, sign on the dotted line to Walgreens, and you know, the next day all the files belong to them. And you'd kind of warn me like, "There's going to be a lot of uh, people, you know, looking at your books and asking questions <laughs> that don't make you comfortable." And you know, you prepared me for that. So when they did it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a surprise or anything. But yeah, I, uh, biggest recommendation that I could say to potential clients looking to sell their business just you know don't don't hide anything make sure you show everything out there because what you might think is uh, a bad or a blemish a bad aspect or a negative aspect or a blemish in your portfolio someone else might see it as a as an opportunity uh, so yeah yeah it, it's not that it's uh necessarily easy it's simple but it's not easy right because you're sort of saying we just we just need to disclose everything we need to know everything yeah. and putting it out there you know you, there's a vulnerability to that and um and, and you know but what allows us to do is be able to respond because every business has issues and i think that the responsiveness was another part of it that made the dynamic so great was that you had questions we were very quick to to come back but more importantly as a client you know you trusted us to sort of move the process forward. I mean, what, what, let's focus in on that word trust, you know, cause did you, do you feel like as an overarching ethic on the deal, do you feel like trust was, was valuable through all this? I mean, whether it was trust with your advisor, which, which was us, or was it trust with, you know, the buyer? Like, what, do you feel like that was an important comp component of this deal outside of all the legalese and the due diligence and all that was going on? Yeah, I thought trust was huge. I mean, trust was probably, I mean, I mean, I met you a long time ago and probably, you know, there's a lot, we got lots and lots of emails and calls and introductions all the time about different clients, different people wanting to broker an acquisition deal for us. And to be honest, I, I, the number one thing I was looking at was like, 
who all these people can I trust? So I think trust was a huge thing in selecting a broker, but I also think trust was a huge thing in communicating with the, uh, with the, uh, the buyer, uh, because, you know, and luckily, um, you help set it up in a kind of a stair step or multi-step process to where we gave them a little bit of information at the beginning. Everybody got comfortable with everybody. Then we gave them a little bit more and it helped build a relationship where I was able to trust people that weren't uh, officially the buyers yet when I was providing them what I thought it was very valuable kind of private information. Yeah. We didn't give them everything all at once. <laughs> uh, that's for sure. Correct. But but we knew what was there. That was the most important thing. Like we had already identified all the issues. Um, and so, you know, we we were ready when we had to to respond to them. And and that was the, the I think that we that fostered even more of a, a dynamic of trust was that, hey, we're very open about what we want, what we want to talk about. But let's let's make sure that this is the right deal before we go down certain tracks yep. with it. So, yeah, that was great. And Andre, to your credit, um, you had done extensive vetting of the buyer prior to even introducing them to Darren. So there is already a level of trust built in by the advisor coming to the seller and saying, this is an interested party. So that's that's number one. And then from there, Darren, you're obviously very open and, and transparent as an individual. So that, that was uh, a very unique scenario in my mind to the extent that you stepped out in that, that trust and it waterfalled down as, as the diligence process continued. And to our understanding, it's been a very harmonious relationship thus far. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're also open too. like I hadn't structured that type of stock program uh, prior. So when we when we saw that contract, we had to dig in too and say, hey, does this make sense in terms of these equity components to this deal? And. You know, and so we're also looking at, we, you know, that's the thing about the these transactions, the, the lower middle market transactions is that they're very different. They're very unique each time. There, there's a different set of contracts, different transitioning measures have to take place. In your case, you had the licensure uh, component as well. I mean, you have 50 state licenses and those had to be transferred. And then we had to sync that with the timing yeah. of the deal. And, you know, there's just some states that require uh, a huge lead time to make it happen. So so we, we also had to provide resources to you to make sure that, uh, you know, we everyone was was able to meet the work streams, you know, get the output at there and, and get us to the, the close, um, you know, based on the time frames we'd laid out. I mean, were you happy with all those resources? Oh, yeah. I mean. The way it was laid out, it worked very, very well. It was going to require a lot of cooperation from both sides. It was going to take a lot of trust on both sides because there was a lot of work that had to be done prior to, you know, some states wanted it done prior to the deal. Some states were allowing it to be done, you know, expo facto after the deal. Um, and so it did take a lot of uh, organized, um, concerted work from both parties and, uh, I think that you guys were instrumental in making sure that uh, everyone was uh, dancing to the same beat there. But it, it definitely uh, took a lot of trust and organization to, to get all those things accomplished uh, in the correct order to make sure. Because the 50 state licenses was a huge value prop uh, for our for the sale. Like That was one of the things they wanted to purchase was a pharmacy that was licensed in all 50 states. So preserving that and making sure that uh, we didn't 
uh, forget to dot any I's or forget to cross any T's or or anything like that. It, it had to be perfect, and, and it was. So that was a huge, huge help. Yeah, I mean, you had to be really organized on your end, too. I mean, that was, you know, to have those licenses. And then, you know, they're renewing all the time. And so you have to be on top of that when those renewals are happening and the communication yep. with the boards. There was a lot there on your end, too. So uh, from that standpoint. Darren, if I could step in here. So um, we've talked about trust. We've talked about your openness and vulnerability. And um, I will say I remember managing the, the diligence request list. You're one of the fastest people to fulfill that list that I've ever experienced from a client standpoint. It was a complete blessing on my end, not having to uh, chase you down or by any means delay the process. So um, thank you again for being so quick in that way. It just shows how organized you were and all the prep you had done actually before going to market. Um, that made it so much smoother. Um, but if you step back and look at the transaction overall, um, and I'm talking about starting from marketing um, all the way through engaging potential buyers, you know, negotiating offers, and then all the way through a due diligence and close. Were there any major lessons that you take away from that, call it nine to 12 month period? I mean, my, my biggest uh, lesson I learned was that I was glad that um, we used a broker uh, because a lot of the other members, I was kind of the, by default, I was the person put in charge of, of and, and finding a way to, sell the pharmacy and i gotta be honest like without a broker i don't know i i've been i would be completely naive to the process it would have been it would have been probably would have been not nearly as successful um there the amount of visibility that um you were able to give the pharmacy out in the marketplace you found clients I would have never thought about finding or thought about looking for. Uh, I mean, the client you found was the buyer you found was they have a, they have an infusion center three miles from my pharmacy. I had no, idea. they don't own any specialty pharmacy. I had no idea that might be someone interested in what, it, what I do uh, and find value in it. So uh, that, and just, you know, walking through the whole process, they obviously it was not the buyer's first transaction. Uh, so they had all kinds of, uh, vocabulary that I wouldn't have understood without uh, your expertise. Uh, and whenever that would happen, I would just wait for Andre to re reply first instead of me because I, I didn't want to seem ignorant or, or stupid where, you know, my, my goal was to seem like a, a smart person that was ready to sell a, a pharmacy with value. And so anytime there was a, a process or a step that I didn't quite understand or I was new to, it was it was great to have Andre on my side because it wasn't it was not new to him and he stepped in like like oh yeah Darren knows exactly what you're talking about he'll get it to you tomorrow you know so it it worked out great now. no regrets in that you'll definitely verify that we are not paying you uh, for this we didn't put him uh, up to this podcast. we did not put him up to this <laughs> no no I am uh, uh, a W two employee of. Uh, of the buyer now and there was there's been no uh compensation made to me from you <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a dance you know and i think that you 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 go and have a good dance partner and you know and it's it takes a long time it's a marathon too so you're sort of you got to like the guy that you're working with and um and so and part of it is you know we, we have to accommodate your our client we have to accommodate to that cadence and understand how do you like to receive information? You know, is it, 
Is it through text, email, calls? Is it how do you like us to handle, you know, questions or situations? Um, and you were, you were, you know, there's different profiles, definitely for sellers. You were, um, you allowed us to have more autonomy over the process uh, and check in. We have, but we're also okay with a client that's, you know, that may be more, uh, wants more oversight and a little more controlling over it. And so, but in that spectrum, I think there's one consistent thread, which is that they believe in what we're doing to support them. And, and we know that, you know, we're always getting the straight information that they're, that people are being very, that our clients are being direct with us. So, so it's in those dynamics that we're okay with whatever the profile of the client is, as long as that client, you know, is a, is of integrity and does want to move forward with this process and is, is moving forward in good faith. Um, we can, you know, we can figure out how to best uh, keep the relationship going forward. And you got to get results too. I mean, that's the thing about what we do. It's like, you can't say we tried really hard. <laughs> yeah. We wouldn't be on this podcast if we said, you know, we did everything we could. Um, you know, you got to get results too. But we find that if you follow the process and you have someone that's willing to understand, hey, this is just how it, it works. You you take these steps and, you know, you'll get to the finish line. But uh, if you if if you if we have we have had clients too that have also said you know I'm going to do this part on my own or I'm not going to do this and so once you break from that team dynamic you start going on diverging paths and those deals have been much more complicated some of them have gotten closed but they're just much more uh, complicated than they need to be uh, you know from what we did so and you're really something. highlighting the the role of guide Andres we, we do what we do is so much more than introducing a, a buyer to a seller or a number of buyers to a seller we've baked in uh, essentially what we're talking about here into our tagline which is we manage the sale process so you can manage your business you as a pharmacy operator your love and passion is to manage and, and run your business um, we of course needed your assistance in getting this transaction completed and we would tap you into the process when it was necessary and, and required. Um, but ultimately, we want to free up your time to keep operating and ideally growing the business. Yeah, yeah I would agree. I would agree with that 100 percent. It was I, I did what you guys said <laughs> and, you know, when, when there was uh, when there was um, a process I was unfamiliar with. I didn't have to go. You know, Google it or look it up and be like, what's the best way to respond to, to the buyer's request? You guys already had an answer there for me. And it was yeah. it was super uh, helpful and made it super easy to respond to them quickly because you told me exactly what it is I needed to provide and why it was I needed to, to provide it. Yeah, that's good. Um, as we look to, to wrap up here, Darren, we really appreciate you sharing a lot of your transactional story and how that transition has been now into management. Um, if you were speaking to a healthcare owner considering a sale in the future, what were some what were some items that you would, or what are some items that you would recommend they consider as they embark on that journey? One hundred percent, I'd suggest using a broker because I can't imagine doing the process without. Um, and that broker's got to be someone you trust and like, and can you know laugh with because there's going to be some times where. And the buyer's asking for something or tells you something that you don't want to hear or sounds negative. And, and you need someone that you can you know, talk to and be honest with about how you feel about that. And someone's going to help you help talk to you about like, is this the, is this the path we want to keep on? 
uh, or do we want to go try for something else? So it's got to be a, a, I can't imagine doing it without having a broker that I, I liked and trusted uh, and had, I knew had my best interest in mind. So that was number one. Uh, number two, I can't imagine um, going through the process uh, without being completely transparent or completely honest about my business, uh, my past business and, you know, my future desires. Cause, um, it would have been real. I think it would have been, it would have affected things negatively had I not been completely honest with the buyers about what my goals were, not only, uh, for the sale, but for, for my years, you know, after the sale, you know, what, what do I want to do? Do I still want to work for them or do I want to go on and start my career doing something else? So, um, so honesty and transparency with, with the buyer has got to be right up there with a, a broker that you like and trust. So, and then be open, be open-minded to anything or any opportunities that might present themselves to you. You know, I think a lot of the, a lot of the members uh, of our pharmacy before we sold it probably thought, you know, we're just going to ride off into the sunset and then, you know, an idea, you know, an idea is presented to them, which might require equity or continued employment um, and so you, you just got to be open-minded and be, be ready to at least consider any and all opportunities that, that might come to you. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, that, I mean, that's amazing. You know, Mark, as I, as I hear Darren say that it's, it's almost like, uh, he's reworded how we want to approach the, the clients that we target in terms of these transactions, in terms of engagement, because when you talk about the idea of, yeah, we're we're really a guide. We're there to facilitate to make things happen. I think we more than justify our existence in terms of you know the the compensation side of it. Uh, but you know we're we're working together with you. We're going to get to that you know outlier buyer, right? That buyer that's willing to pay more because the relationship is so synergistic between them and the the person they're acquiring. But then when you talk about trust and you talk about transparency. Uh, and how you talk about, you know, going into this and just, you know, being honest about it the whole way through, you know, those are, those are straight from the the playbook and being open to ideas and suggestions. I mean, we, you know, we, we wouldn't, there's certain things we might present to you that say, run your business this way, uh, from a transactional perspective, you know, to try to get the cash flow up, try to do these things. Uh, it, it'd be nice if your payers were, you know, we're structured this way, whatever the contracts, all that stuff, we can recommend those things, but they're really all transactionally Trinidadical recommendations. Um, you, we would never go in there and say, you know, do this with your operations. Yeah. You know how to, you know how to manage your operations. You know how to manage the pharmacy side of it. And, but the idea that you're open to our suggestions as it relates to how we're going to run the process and, and our feedback, uh, that, that's, that for us is probably the most fulfilling aspect of it and we just found that when there's those three things that those that, that those dynamics that we just talked about you know when you talk about the the transparency when you talk about us you know coming in as guides and then you talk about a, a, the client being open to the ideas uh we've probably we're batting a thousand in terms of of transactions so that that was great i really appreciate you saying all that yeah. yeah. I mean, you're highlighting a spirit of, of collaboration at the end of the day. Um, we are one part of a team that is assisting with this transaction with one of the main people being the seller and operator, of course. Yeah. I just wish, I hope that, you know, our, our desire is that we're actually 
helping the the operators who are truly doing the the best work for patients in the market, right? Yep. Because uh, you know, I hear so much about you know it's it's about my caregivers and it's about my patients, and that's what the, the constant theme is. And it's funny as you go back to the idea of transparency, and you go back to the idea of of having that integrity, and you know, having a client that you're saying, look, from that's how you should operate anyway, especially if you're in patient services. But from a transactional standpoint, the, the best outcomes come by yeah. operating this way too. So there's actually something tangible about integrity in the work that we do. And, and especially when we have clients like yourself. And, and I think that we ultimately feel that we're, we have some touch point to patients uh, in that we're supporting operators who really have a direct line to them. So, you know, I, 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 I don't know if you can dovetail finance uh, into the medical industry that way uh, <laughs> in terms of the connection of the two points. But but I think it, it just speaks to the idea of, you know, great clients are probably great healthcare providers um, or at least focused in the parts of healthcare that matter. And uh, and we those are the folks that we we hope to support. And, you know, and the other thing, too, though, about the market is that there's just so much activity because you've got a population that's getting older and it's not getting any healthier. Unfortunately, that's the unfortunate part. Yep. So there's a lot of activity. And I think there's a lot of folks that need uh, resources and assistance uh, in not only running their business, but then in also ultimately figuring out, hey, how do I capitalize this business or how do mm -hmm. I, you know, how do I find a, a way to get support, which is what you did uh, through it all. So, you know, I, I think uh, I think there's a tremendous amount of appreciation from our end, but there's also the results that are positive from from operating that way. So, yeah, no, there's still no. lots of patients that are going to receive great care that they wouldn't have um, after the uh, after the transaction of our business. So it's been a good experience, and it's those those patients uh, that we serve are going to probably get better care than they got prior to, just as our resources are better now. So it's it's been a good experience. So I mean, the the, the upshot is really. Continue to, I mean, for us, when we are advising, and I, I think you might agree with this, focus on your caregivers, make sure you have a, a great team there. And that focus will translate into being a, a great provider to your patients. Uh, and, you know, and then ultimately, we're, we're really in the business of transacting people in, in many ways. And whether that's senior executives, you know, even operational ownership like yourself, or if it's you know someone that's you know lower on the org chart, uh, as long as the the focus on the patient is there, and you know how to manage the uh, the the operators and manage the uh, caregivers that are taking care of those patients, then you've got value in the business, and this is a market that's going to be very active mm -hmm. uh, into perpetuity in our estimation. So I, you know again, those are more statements than they are, and, and it's statements from our experiences together. But I think you would agree with with that. And, and you, you know, it's a, it's a good place to be in terms of, you know, definitely being occupied with our time. There's, there's no, no shortage of of healthcare um, responsibilities in the market. No, and I agree with you that I think employee satisfaction and a, a happy, healthy work and work environment was a huge asset and one of the probably considerations that the buyer took into account before the transaction. Like, no, no one wants to buy a 
by a business where all the employees are angry at the world. So I, I could not disagree. Good. All right. Well, look, Darren, we appreciate all your time. Yeah, Mark, you. was there anything else? Uh, no, yeah. I just wanted to extend it to you, Darren. Any other final thoughts or, or reflections? Otherwise, uh, we can close this out. I got nothing, guys. I'm just a pharmacist. <laughs> Everything in here is ones and zeros. So I, there's not a lot of creative thoughts in here. I apologize. Are you actually a computer? Is that what you're saying? I'm you're just right. saying Everything's black and white. There's not a lot of gray uh, going on in here. You're a bot. We made you, man. <laughs> to, 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 <laughs> you're the perfect. You're the perfect first uh, guest. Uh, so, really appreciate it, Darren. Uh, yeah, no problem. Glad you're doing well. Glad uh, the business is going well. Glad your family's great. And uh, appreciate. All right. Thank you. Well, thanks everyone for attending or listening to the first official podcast. We hope this was helpful, beneficial to you. Um, you can catch us. We'll be releasing these uh, in the near future as well with other transactional resources. And uh, hopefully this is something that will be beneficial to our network. So thanks again, Darren. We'll hope to talk to you soon.